We don't have a series or anything like that. I'm just going to preach some random sermons here in August. So get ready for some randomness that's probably not so random in the overall picture of things. But uh, this morning, I'm going to start with some pictures for you. I need some art audience participation. You guys are pretty good at audience participation here. So I want to show a couple pictures to you and I want your opinions on them, okay? Can you guys see that pretty well? How does that picture look to you guys? Psychedelic. Psychedelic? Is it messing with anybody's eyes a little, just a little? It kind of does mess with your eyes a little. Okay, go to the next one, Ron. What do you see in this picture? Mannequin legs? Do they look like they kind of had oil on them? Kind of, kind of shiny? You know what that is? That, that, those are legs, real legs. But all they have is, a, is some white paint on them. Now look at it again, now that you've, you've heard me tell you that that's just white paint. Do you see white paint instead of oily legs? It doesn't look quite as oily once you realize that's white paint. But yeah, at first glance, it looks really oily, doesn't it? It looks glossy. It looks reflective. Okay, go to the next one, Ron. What do you see there? Okay. What color are the strawberries? Green. <laughs> okay, so what color? They're red. Do you guys see red strawberries there? No? But your, your brain, what is your brain telling you? They're strawberries, right? They do look very enticing. They look very good. Oh, they don't look? Oh, well, they look, they look good to me. Okay. Forget it then. There, there's absolutely no red in that picture. There's no red at all. But when, when my brain looked at that picture, it said, those are strawberries. Those need to be red. And I'm seeing, when I look back here at the screen back here, especially from here, I see red strawberries. But there's absolutely zero red in the picture at all. Okay, go to the next one, Ron. Don't, don't shout it out. But when you see what's there, raise your hand. Find, find the circles in this picture. Once you see them, you'll never not see them. Okay, we got one who's seen them. Anybody else? How many circles do you see? Yes. Sixteen circles in that picture. Who sees them? Anybody else? Just you? I see them. You see them? Okay. You don't see them? There's sixteen circles in that picture. If you look... I, I can't reach that high. <laughs> I going to try and reach that high. But uh, if you look right in between where the squares meet up, there's circles, 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 circles. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Does anybody see them now? No? You, okay. A couple more see them now? Yeah. No, they're not pin size. They are good sized circles. Yeah. Now you see them? <laughs> yeah, you got to, sometimes maybe maybe cross your eyes or, or do something. 
If you don't see them, we're going to move on. One more in the back there sees them. It is, it is kind of interesting. It looks like they're just squares there, right? But it's full of circles there, 16 circles. You've got to get your, your head around it so you can see them. Okay. I'm going to move on to the, I think this is the last one for the first part here. What do you see here? And don't, don't shout it out if you see it. Raise your hand. Okay, one person, two people, three people think they see something in there, four, but there's something in there that doesn't belong. Okay, quite a few. What do they see? Looks like just a wall of bricks there, right? There's something in there that doesn't quite look right, and maybe your brain is trying to figure out what is that thing there in the center? Do you all see the cigar sticking out from the wall? That brown thing right there and the ash at the end, that's a cigar sticking out from the wall. (laughs) Okay, so how many people saw the cigar first off, right off? Okay, not right off, but close to right off. Okay. How many people still don't see the cigar in the wall? (laughs) Okay. All right. Go ahead and and just, I think that's the last one for the first part of that run. So go ahead and go dark on that. I wanted to start off this because the section of scripture that John read, 24, 1 through 12, starts off with the amazing story that we all know the end to, right? John says, I can tell you how it ends. I I can tell you what, what happens here. But the disciples are not listening to the women. The women come back and say, he's gone. And they say, you're crazy. And the story that we're going to pick up with is what happens right after that. This road to Emmaus. Probably in some of your Bibles it's got that highlighted or sectioned off called the road to Emmaus. Starts there in verse 13. And I want to read verse 13 to the end of that section. And then we're going to talk about this part of story here in Luke 24. So Luke 24, 13 on down. It says, And behold, two of them were going that very day to a village named Emmaus, and was about, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were conversing with each other about all the things that had taken place. And it came about while they were conversing and discussing, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them. But their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are these words which you are exchanging with one another as you're walking? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered and said to him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of these things which have happened here in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, The things about Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet, mighty indeed in word, in the sight of God and all of the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him up to the sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that he, it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, beside all this, it's the third day since these things have happened. But also some women among us amazed us when they were at the tomb early in the morning. They did not find his body. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the women also had said. 
but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish men, slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets had spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. And they approached the village where they were going, and he acted as though he would not go farther. And they urged him, saying, Stay with us, for it is getting toward evening, and the day is now nearly over. And he went in to stay with them. And it came about that when he had reclined at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it, and breaking it, he began giving it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining the scriptures to us? And they arose that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found gathered together with the eleven and those who were with them, saying, The Lord has really risen and has appeared to Simon. They began to relate their experiences on the road and how he was recognized by them in the breaking of the bread. We're going to look at this, this section here. And just like our eyes can be fooled, their eyes were fooled. We can see a bunch of squares, and there's really a whole bunch of circles in the middle of those squares. Or you can see a brick wall, and there's a cigar clearly sticking out of it, and yet your brain is not seeing that cigar clearly sticking out of the wall. These guys are walking with the man that they've studied with and and been around, and they don't see him. But that kind of sounds like me sometimes, too. I don't see him sometimes. Don't recognize him. I'm walking along, and he comes up beside me, and I don't recognize him. My mind is not tracking the way it should be. What I think I see here in this scripture here is is some things that I want to point out, some points here that are kind of loosely, if you're going to write things down, these are are kind of loose points that I see in this scripture that lead to something pretty interesting, in my opinion. But the first thing I want to see, or I want to show you in this thing, is that who seeks out who in this scenario? These guys are walking away from Jerusalem. They're going to Emmaus. But who seeks out who? Jesus comes up and walks with them. The first thing I see in here is is these two guys who are sad. And that's what it said in verse 17 when he asks them, you know, what are you talking about here? They stand still and they're sad. You can see their, their demeanor here. Their, their hearts are probably crushed. Their hopes and dreams are crushed. And Jesus walks up to them. But they don't see him. He sees them, but they don't see him. It seems like, you know, I do that too in my life. He sees me all the time. But sometimes I don't see him. It's kind of like the question Bill asked us this morning in class about following him. Do we really know what it means to follow him? Sometimes I think I know what it means to follow him, but I really don't understand what it means to follow Jesus. These gentlemen have been with Jesus, have been hearing from Jesus, have been hoping in Jesus, and now don't even recognize the man that they're standing next to. And they're not in the best of moods, are they? Not in the best of moods. But they're talking to the man that they knew. Now, one of the questions I want you to answer for me and, and throw out your answers here really quickly why do you think their eyes are prevented from recognizing Jesus? Why, why wouldn't he just want to walk up right to them and say, Hey guys, it's me. Why, why do you think this happened? Anybody got any thoughts about why this happened? Jeff. They're 
Okay, so it's a, it's it's their, them being too focused on themselves. You're saying, and so they don't recognize the guy walking up. Okay. Well, that's definitely part of it. I think they misunderstand the whole purpose of Jesus, and that's part of what Bill was saying this morning too, with why they why they were going with Jesus to begin with, and. He made it. He made, makes a really good point about the fact that they're they're willing to follow him because they're they're thinking, man, this guy's going to be a part of this new Davidic kingdom. He's bringing the glory back to to Israel. We are going to be major players in this thing. And these guys may have had that same idea. I mean, the apostles certainly didn't get it until the Holy Spirit comes there in Acts chapter two. They don't fully understand what's really happening. And these guys are probably thinking that too. They're they're thinking we could have been with somebody who's going to be somebody. We could have had our land back. We could have had this glory back. We could have had our, our kingdom back. And now we got nothing. We're, all of our hopes, all of our dreams are, are just gone. Anybody else? Why do you think? Mary. They definitely believed he was dead. They didn't even believe the, the ladies when they came back. That's what they told Jesus. We were amazed. We didn't believe it. We think they're crazy. Even one of the guys goes and checks it out. We still don't believe it. Don't see him. I don't believe he's alive. Yeah, they definitely weren't expecting to see him. Yes. Right. Yeah, they're tracking the wrong way. Yes, totally the wrong way. And they, they're, they're not looking for Jesus here. They think he's dead, legitimately dead. May not, may not be in the tomb, but we don't, we don't believe he's risen either. Yes. He does let him touch that, you know, the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could be, could be, and the Greek text also says the the way it's written means that it's intentional. That I think God is doing this, Jesus is doing this intentionally to these men. Yes, in the back, and then I'm going to move on. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but at the same time, he has a body too. At this this point, I mean, it's a real body. He's going to eat with them later on. There's, you know, it's so he he's got a body. I, and I, I I'm wondering sometimes I, when I was reading this again this week, I'm thinking perhaps the part of the reason is that Jesus is about to teach them and and really show them where their faith is lacking. Their faith is a problem here. And the Second Corinthians five seven. Anybody remember what Second Corinthians five seven says about how we walk as Christians? We walk by faith, not by sight. And Jesus is about to show them where walking by faith and walking by sight. You know, you're walking by sight here. You're, you're expecting these riches. You're expecting this return of the old kingdom. All this stuff. Your, your faith needs to to be paramount here. There's a there's a faith component here that they are struggling with. They don't completely understand his mission to begin with, and I think we all understand that. But they also don't have the kind of faith that Jesus wants to have, wants them to have in him. And so I think that part of the reason that God and Jesus are, are definitely preventing them from seeing is, I'm not going to come up here and just show you physically who I am. I'm going to, I'm going to start drawing you back in. I'm going to draw you to me this way so that your faith is increased. It's not just because you see me. But it's because of something deeper. It's the faith that he's trying to produce in these men. And that's, that's what was wavering. Their faith was wavering because they described him all the things that he did. They tell him how powerful he was. <laughs> telling Jesus how powerful he was. Telling him about his death. And what I, I find interesting is, is, is you've got, you know that old saying, the pot calling the kettle black here? That the guys are standing in front of Jesus and they can't see him. And then... They have the audacity to say, are you the only one that hasn't seen these things? What are you missing? They're asking Jesus, why didn't you see these things? And they're standing in front of the guy that they can't see. Now, how many times do we do that them ourselves and say, why can't you see this? And I'm, I'm doing the exact same thing. I'm missing the exact same thing. They're missing Jesus right in front of them. They described him all these things. And in verse 22, when they say, even the women amazed us. You know, the women, they've seen it. They, they remember. They remember the words. But we, we can't see it. And that's why Jesus in verse 25 says, Oh, foolish men, slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. And starts telling them again about himself. And working through the Old Testament. And proving, this is what the prophets said about this man. This is what... And don't they say that later on? They say, weren't our hearts burning within us as he was telling us about these things? And that, that faith is being rebuilt in, in, in him? In fact, look at verse uh, 25 again. O foolish men, slow of heart to believe in all the prophets had spoken. Here's why I want to bring in some more pictures, Ron, if you can. Unless we're having technical difficulty again. Which probably will, will happen. <laughs> Is that what we're doing? <laughs> yeah. No pictures. Okay. You want me to just cut the sermon? Is that what that means? Done? Okay. Yes. Go ahead. Right. And he was out of context. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was not someone who 
No. Right. He was a normal, average guy that, that wasn't beautiful, wasn't wasn't handsome, wasn't wasn't the Jim Caviezel that you see in the in the was it the Passion of the Christ? That good-looking guy. He he didn't look as good as I look. You know, it's it's not as he looked like an average guy, not like me. You know. Yeah, and he's out of context, completely out of context in here. So, yeah, the fact that they don't recognize him, that makes sense. But they're also, in some ways, prevented from recognizing him because there's something to learn here for these two. Were you going to say something, Carl? I heard you say something. Yeah, everything that Jesus does is for a reason. Right. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything God does, everything Jesus does, everything the Spirit does is intentional. It's not anything done by accident. No, it's not happenstance. He, he does these things for a reason. You had my hopes up there, Ron. I saw things. Is it? Oh, there we go. Yay, good job. Thank you. Okay, so just another exercise here to see our eyes can fool us. And what we think is real is sometimes not real. And... Maybe Jesus is standing right in front of you right now, but you don't see him. So let's go to the next one. And we've gone to the next one, and you don't even notice it. See? (laughs) There it is. What does that look like to you? Looks like a little kid playing soccer? At first glance, it looks like it's it's that that foreshortening, because he's way down here like this. But when when you glance at it, it looks like a little kid playing soccer. Okay, next one. How many legs and how many girls are in this picture? Can you count them? Six girls and how many legs? Well, how many pairs of legs? I'm sorry. One, two, three, four, five, six girls and one, two, three, four, five pairs of legs. Where's the other, where's the last pair of legs? <laughs> okay, next one. This one's a little more difficult. What do you see in there? There's something in the circle. Anybody see it? Raise your hand if you see something. Okay, try looking back there if you can't see it up there. Yeah, that red is better back there. And if you can't see it at all, this is what is in there. Go ahead to the next one, Ron. Yeah. I think it's the screen up here that, that doesn't give it a great the color. Okay, so next one. There's something hidden in here. And, yeah, you can see it in that one. Raise your hand when you see it. Anybody see it? 
Okay. Did you see it again? See it? <laughs> She's got super eyes. There's a human being in there. In the middle. You see him? His face... I wish I could point up there. I'm sorry. I don't have a... Yeah, the face is towards the top. It's in the middle. There's a pink bag in the middle there. Right below that pink bag starts the face. Painted just like the luggage or the, the bags beneath them. There's a human being in that middle of that picture. And it's, it's very well hidden, but if you see it, then you can't unsee it, right? It's kind of like the other pictures. When you see it, you see it. But sometimes you can stare at it and it's right in front of you, but you don't see it. That's these, these guys here in Luke 24. He's right in front of them, but they don't see him. Just like we can look at things, they're right in front of us, but I don't see that guy in the middle there. Back to verse 25 there, when he says, Oh foolish men... Slow of heart to believe in all the prophets, in all, in all that the prophets have spoken. Their, their outward ability here to recognize Jesus reflects directly their inward inability to believe the scriptures, what he's about to tell them. To, you, didn't, you didn't really understand. Your outward ability is only mirroring the inward ability here. You don't see me? Well, that's because deep inside you don't understand me. You don't understand who I am. You don't understand why I really came. I didn't come to make you rulers of an earthly kingdom. I didn't come to restore this stuff to Israel. I came to bring you freedom from sin. I came to, to bring my kingdom, which is not the exact same that you think it is. And that's why in verse 30, when he's reclining at the table with them, taking the bread and blessing it, breaking it, their eyes suddenly come open. That would be an interesting thing to see, wouldn't it? All of a sudden, boom, you recognize it's Jesus. But then what happens? He's gone. That would also be pretty amazing to see. All of a sudden, he's just gone from their sight. It's an amazing story. It's, it's, it's an interesting story. It's something that, that, that I've looked at very many times. But uh, this last time I looked at it, I, I saw the... There, there's a couple things I want to take away from that this morning. There's two things. On the one hand, this story recounts the story of two disciples who thought all hope was lost. Two men who are walking sad and broken and think everything is done and all of our hopes are dashed. But what happens? They're pretty down. He retells the story and he opens up their eyes. And they find new life. So this story, on the one hand, is about two disciples who are struggling in their faith, struggling in their understanding, and then Jesus meets them there and says, let me explain it to you all over again. And shows them the real him. And what do they do? They get up and they go back to the disciples and they say, we saw him. We believe. We understand. He's alive. He's alive. He's risen. The other thing I want you to take away, and this is maybe the thing for us today, is that I'm going to read it the way I wrote it down because I want to get my thoughts out the right way. Just like hearing the gospel story again, 
Does anybody here like to hear the gospel story again? When, when you hear the gospel story again, what does it do? It, it reminds you, makes you feel alive. It, does it do anything for your faith? It strengthens your faith, doesn't it? And that, that's kind of when, it, when I was reading this and I was thinking, and they're, and they're saying, weren't our hearts burning within us as he was telling us all of this stuff? When you hear the gospel story again and again, aren't your hearts burning within you as you hear the story of Jesus again and again going to the cross and dying? All of the things that he did, the people that he, sa- that he saved, the people that he loved, the people that he fed, all this, all this that entails the gospel story. Don't your hearts burn within you when you hear that? And then when, when you hear that story, what do you do? Verses 33 through 35 tell you what you do with that story. It's the exact same thing that the disciples here did with that story. At that very hour, what did they get up and do? They arose and they went to Jerusalem. And they go tell the eleven. They say, we saw him. He has risen again. So on the one hand, it, it, the retelling of this story, that the way Jesus does this, he, he says, I'm not going to let you see me because you, you, you're looking at the outward here. I want you to see the inside. I want you to see the faith-building thing. And so he rebuilds their faith by telling them the gospel story again from, the Mo- from Moses and the prophets and all of these things. And then he finally reveals himself to them. And they take that gospel story and they run back to the 11 and they say, he's alive. So for you and I, when I read this story, it's just like that gospel story that we hear every day. On the one hand, it outlines the journey for every single person that meets Jesus. Because how does Jesus meet you? He comes and He meets you where you are, doesn't He? You're walking on your road to Emmaus and Jesus comes down and instead of making you set an appointment with Him, He's ready to come down there and walk with you. He comes down there and walks with you and you don't recognize Him at first. You don't know who He is. But you hear this story about this man you hear this story about this man who was, who was this, this great prophet, this, this good man, this, this great guy who says, I am the son of God. And eventually, after hearing that story, what happens? You go from not recognizing Jesus to recognizing who he is. And at that point, what do you do? You obey that gospel message. You're immersed into him. And then what do you do with that message? You get up and you go take it to somebody else, don't you? It's, it's, a, it's a really brief look into the gospel story itself. You go from not recognizing Jesus to recognizing who, we are, who He is, the power that He has, being saved by faith through Him, and then going and telling others about this Jesus Christ. Not recognizing Him, to understanding Him, to finally giving our account of the very man who changed our lives. That's what happens to these two disciples on the road to Emmaus. They go from... A lack of faith to faith in the risen Christ. We go from lack of faith to faith in the risen Christ. And we take that faith and we go tell others. So this week when you're on your road to Emmaus maybe, or you see somebody else who's on their road to Emmaus, maybe you can walk up next to them and tell them about this man, Jesus. Because Jesus is definitely trying to find them. He's out there looking. But what are we going to do when we see people walking their road to Emmaus? Take them from a point where they don't recognize this Jesus of Nazareth to, I want to go tell about Jesus of Nazareth. Because we want to tell about Jesus of Nazareth. Because we've had our eyes opened. We've gone back to Jerusalem to tell others, He is alive. Tell Him, 
or tell others that this week. Look for people on their road to Emmaus and help them recognize who Jesus really is this week as we stand and as we sing.